God, it's raining like a son of a bitch out it there. It is raining like a son of a bitch. I'm hoping that the editor will take out the background noise that is the rain. I don't uh, know if that's possible. I guess we'll see. He's he's pretty good at his job, but he's certainly not perfect. So It's like rain. It is like rain. On your podcast date. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, uh, rain is obviously, you know, like a... Uh, Sort of a, a, a creepy, a creepy background for scary things to happen. And some, so I get to tell you, something scary happened to me uh, this last weekend. Uh, it wasn't raining, but I was uh, in the Okaboji area in northwestern Iowa visit, ah! visiting my parents. That in and of itself is uh-huh. is scary, um, and not uh, not 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 always actively so. But it is an area of our fair state that is kind of known for being not very progressive. Um, there, out of if you're talking just in Iowa, that's generally where like the old conservative racists and oh. sexists and people. I thought you meant like they all had Geico or something. No, 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 Jesus. <laughs> yeah, they all saved fifteen percent or more <laughs> on teeth. Yeah. So when I go up there, when I go up there to to northwestern Iowa, I'm generally just kind of on my toes, uh, and you know. Uh, head up eyes open that kind of thing your calves must get tired while you're there they do um but it's why they're so sweet and (laughs) the weird so here's the weird thing that happened to me so the thing about about the okaboji area is that there is an uber Uh, there are just the there are cabs that are kind of like independently run and by that i mean there are no cab companies there's just you get a guy's number and he comes to you And if you don't have a guy's number, then you wait outside the bar until someone pulls up in like one of those nursing home buses. And so we did that, me and the people I was with, and, and we jumped into one of these nursing home buses. You pay the guy five bucks and you tell him where you're going, and he just puts on a list where he's going to drop all these people off, right? So in and of itself, not an entirely scary situation. But here's what happened. Uh, me and the two people I was with were to be the last people dropped off. And the two people I was with were going to the same place. They got dropped off and left me alone on the bus, which is fine, again, except I was alone on a bus in a place I wasn't familiar with, drunk at three in the morning with this like old white guy that I didn't know, (laughs) uh, which is generally not my favorite way to be. And what happened was I'm sitting on this bus kind of nodding off because it's late and I'm drinking and I kind of start looking around and I realize that we're not going where I'm supposed to be going. <laughs> we're not going back to the hotel I was staying at. And I'm starting to look around and we're getting like off the beaten, like rural. We're getting a rural. Rural. And my my uh, alerts start to go up and I'm like, okay, I got to figure out what the fuck is going on right now because I'm, I'm going to end up, you know, a lampshade in this guy's fucking house. <laughs> and so shortly after that, this guy pulls off of the road onto like a driveway that's pretty heavily wooded. And he pulls up along the side of the driveway and stops the bus. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And I like started stretching and shit like I was going to have to fight somebody. And the guy turns off the bus and walks off the bus. And I'm still fucking sitting on the bus. And I was like, hey, dude, because <laughs> the door was still open. I was like, hey, man. And he like jumps and was freaked out and shit and turns around. And he's like, oh, my God. And I, and I was like, can you take me home? <laughs> And, and he's like, no, I did. I forgot that you were back there. <laughs> so apparently I had been so quiet that this guy forgot I was in his bus and went home for the night and, and ended up being fine. And he took me home and, and it was OK. And I went to bed and everything. I was safe and fine and everything. But for a, for a good few minutes there, I thought I was going to have to fight my way out 
and like <laughs> steal this guy's bus or like run through a cornfield to get back to civilization or some shit. Otherwise, I was going to get eaten by some country family. Uh, so that, that was that. <laughs> That was maybe the closest I've come to death, I think, was was last weekend. Do you really think that you would be a meal for someone? Like, how much of a meal would they get out of you? Not much. I'm not a meaty man. For, <laughs> for some of our, for our listeners who I haven't met, I, I am not a meaty person. So I would, I'd be probably pretty gamey. Um, but I would be an easy kill. I, I do yeah, think that. That's yeah. true. So it's maybe uh, short, short on the effort ahead of time uh, makes up for the fact that uh, I wouldn't have a lot to eat. I honestly wouldn't have been I, w- I would have been like, you know what? This this serves him right for all these damn horror movies he loves watching. He praises these horror <laughs> movies. He he's, he so badly lives through these horror movies. Now he's going to be in one. So Yeah, I wonder how I would have done. I feel like I have a pretty good amount of horror movie knowledge and I might have been able to survive, but I'm also the only black character in this movie mm-hmm. and that would have been tough to come back from. But I, you know, Get Out maybe um maybe that's not the case anymore after after Get Out. That's so. true. Well, uh, I don't know. Hopefully I'm not in that situation again, but maybe I'll write a screenplay or something based on my experience and, and we'll see how it does. I don't know. I got to tell you, after all the spiders I've had to capture for you, I don't think you would have fared very well in this horror scenario. Well, this is a man, not a spider. If it was a spider, I would have been fucked. No doubt about it. But this is a man. And man, some for some reason, isn't as scary to me as a spider. If, if Hey, if, if, you, if you're in a place where spiders are driving cabs, you shouldn't be there anyway. <laughs> Only in my LSD nightmares <laughs> would spiders be driving cars. Uh, spiders driving cars might be the name of episode 57 of the SoCo Show. Welcome in, folks. This is the co-host, Cody Michael. I'm joined, as always, by the SoHost Seth Ott. Not always, just for a few more weeks. Well, we'll see about all that. Uh, we got a, a fun show today. A little bit light on the news, but we'll have some fun along the way. Um, and it's hell for me. It, it's going to be hell for Seth. We're going to talk a little NFL, of course. We're going to uh, continue with our division preview series um, with the Eastern divisions. We're going to talk big news for the Oscars this week. Um, we'll have uh, some quickie reviews in uh, in movies and uh, and and a lot of other uh, fun fun shit to go around. <laughs> fun shit. Before we get into all that fun shit, uh, let's start like we always do with a chic tweet. I call you a punk. Sometimes you need to get the fuck beaten out of you so that you know what good things are. Hashtag Tuesday thoughts. That is a good Tuesday. You have to get the fuck beaten all the way. That's extreme. Yeah. Maybe you you need to get like knocked on the head once. Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. You You just need to get pulped. Yeah, you need need the shit just to leave your body involuntarily. To realize the good things. Yeah. Which sometimes I guess you don't need to have the fuck beaten idea for that to happen. You can just have a good case of the... The uh, Sunday mornings after Taco Bell. <laughs> but that does make you appreciate the good things. I will say as as vulgar as it is, uh, maybe it's not meant to be taken literally. Maybe he just means maybe you have to experience the bad in life sometimes to appreciate the good. Mm-mm. He no, he, no, oh, he, he thinks literally you need to get yeah. beat up. He wants he wants it just to have a, you you'd have a crimson mask. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well. Uh, one way or the other, the Sheik is dropping some philosophical shit this week on Sheik Tweets. I call you a punk. Don't forget, folks, audibletrial.com slash SoCo. Hit the link in the description box and head to the site where you can get yourself 30 days of Audible and your first book for free. Free. 
I, uh, I got a quickie recommendation here on an audiobook. So I, I just read book five in a series called Magic 2.0. And that uh, book, book five is called Out of Spite, Out of Mind. And this book series is about a kid named Martin who uh, basically discovers that the reality is, in fact, a computer program. And he finds a way to edit that computer program. And so he... Uh, figures out how to like give himself more money and make himself taller and shit. And he gets in a little trouble in the first book and he flees to medieval England where he poses as a wizard so that he can... You're a wizard, Harry. Exactly. So that he can get away with using magic. Uh, well, quote unquote magic. Uh, so he can get away with using his his uh, technical know-how uh, without anyone being suspicious because they all believe in magic then. And hilarity ensues and he meets a community of other folks who have done the same thing. And, and that's book that's part of book one. And then over the course of, of the series, you start to learn more about the, the program and and uh, they get into all sorts of shenanigans. So book five is out now. It's out of spite, out of mind. Uh, I'd give it a recommend. If you're into if you're into kind of the sci-fi, it's very funny. It's very comedy-driven, uh, kind of wacky, not super deep. Um but it's just a good a good listen. They're all pretty tight, quick stories, so you can get through the whole series uh, if you like. So, uh, if that sounds good to you, that's out of spite, out of mind. The series is called Magic 2.0, and uh, that's a good listen. Make it uh, make it your free book this month if you join on AudibleTrial.com/soco. Free. So from there, we're going to get into a new segment. We did it for the first time last week. It's one word summaries. And Seth, for the folks who may have missed last week, let us know what's going on here. For those who, uh, this is their first episode, welcome. Why didn't you join us sooner? And uh, You missed a lot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, this, is a, this is a new, not a game, but a new segment where I'll read off three words, singular words, and Cody will choose a word and I'll read a funny news story or interesting news story related to that word. So the three words are pursuit, corral, and track. Um, let's see. Pursuit, corral, and track. I think this week, let's, uh, let's go with track. Track? Read me the track story. All right. Well, first I'll read off the losers. So, pursuit, man being pursued by baby squirrel calls police for help. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And (laughs) corralled was Florida woman fleeing police gets corralled by cows. (laughs) <laughs> what? Okay, so two animal stories, uh, both probably wacky, but we're not going to talk about them. We will post links to those stories down below, so check those stories out if those uh, headlines intrigue you, as they probably do. Um, but what what do we have uh, for our choice here on track? So this one, I've actually known the story, um, and this is kind of a follow-up. So track. New Jersey superintendent accused of pooping on high school track resigns. <laughs> Wait, he's, so he pooped on it a while ago. Yeah. And now he's resigning from yep. from his principalship? Yes. Is that the only thing he did? What's the background? Did he, was he drunk? I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. Um, he, so Thomas Tramaglini uh, is accused of repeatedly pooping on the track at, and football field at uh, Homdell High School. So superintendent in New Jersey accused of publicly defecating on local on a local high school's track and football field has resigned from his job. He resigned as superintendent for the school Thursday night. So he was arrested in May and accused of defecating on the Holmdale High School track and football field on a daily basis. What? The allegations received national attention 
his attorney says the accusations are falsehoods and that his client looks forward to his day in court. There's a really sweet mugshot of this guy. Um, <laughs> he was making $150,000 a year as superintendent. Now, now that he's unemployed, he plans to focus on defending himself in court. He claims the charges against, against him are all low-level municipal offenses and didn't require a booking photo when he got, when he got the photo taken of him. Wait, so he doesn't deny doing it? I, it looks like he doesn't. He just says it's not a big deal. <laughs> Trauma Gleanies alleged activities came to light earlier this year after Holmdel High School staff and athletic coaches told a school resource officer that they were finding human feces at or near the track and football field on a daily basis. And then what they do to a sting operation with a camera out there and he walked by and dookied? <laughs> More like a stink operation. Oh, my God. Uh, I guess the, I thought there was uh, I guess there there wasn't any reason for it so he is just he was just taking dumps that's just what he does yeah he's just taking daily dumps on the track what a weird fucking guy <laughs> i i would pay to be on that jury if he's gonna go to court i would pay to be on that jury please 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 was that new jersey yes please state of new jersey call me i will literally move to your state to be on that jury you should so we got big dookies on high school tracks. That's our that's our track story this week. Uh, this has been One Word Summaries. Make sure you check out the description box where we're going to link to all three of our would-be one-word stories. And uh, yeah, come back next week for more more wacky-ass news. So far, two for two on the wacky factor. Neither, neither time have I thought, I think I know what this is going to be about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, that, so that's a good story. From there, let's jump into the show proper, and we're going to start this week with sports. Sports! And boom goes the dynamite. So in just a sec, we're going to talk about NFL and the AFC and NFC Eastern Division uh, going into the 2018 season. But real briefly, just want to touch on a piece of news coming out of the NBA. Uh, It sounds, uh, from what I was hearing last week, that the one-and-done rule uh, is potentially going away for NBA basketball. So if you're unfamiliar with what this rule is, um, an NBA player needs to be 19 years old or have completed one year of college before they're eligible to play in the NBA. And so the sounds of it are is that that rule could potentially be going away. Uh, so Seth, let me ask your opinion on this. Do you believe in the one and done? Do you think players should be able to come out of high school? Should they require more college? What do you think about this? I don't know. I've always thought that they should be able to come out of high school if they're good enough, mm-hmm. like LeBron. Yeah. Um, it extends the career and allows them to make way more money uh, because basketball basically has, I mean, there, there's so much money you can make in basketball. Um, I, obviously, I get the, the idea of a college education, but when most of them leave before their schooling's done anyway, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I say if you're good enough, you should go be able to go make that money. Yeah, I think so too. And and even though, even though uh, it is a good idea in general to go to college, you can't mandate that. You know, there's no, you can't force someone to go to college because you think it's the right thing to do, Mm -hmm. right? That's not the NBA's place. If I, if I'm good enough, just like you said, to go to play in the NBA and I want to do that, then forcing me to go to a year of college is not going to do anything, anybody any good. Right. Um, On another side of this, I think that it's bad for college basketball because you have all these players who go, you know, all these NBA prospects go to Kentucky for one season and so Kentucky is perpetually not as good as they could be because they don't have they're not able to keep players for two or three seasons to build continuity. Uh, I, I think it's bad for the college game, 
I, I don't think it's very good for the NBA even because you get players going in for one year just to, you know, just to have done so. Um, but some of them are getting injured in college when they don't need to be. I, I just I just don't think the one and done rule is good for anybody. I could see it if they required more college like the NFL does. Um, you've got to be a little older and I think get three years of college under your belt before you can go to the NFL. Obviously, there's some different physical reasons why, but I really don't think the one and done rule is good for anybody. I would like to see it go out. I don't know that we're going to start seeing a bunch of high school guys coming out, though. Mm-hmm. I don't know that that's the case. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's enough talent. For, right. I mean, there, there's some guys that clearly could do it, I think. Um, but, like, to the level LeBron did it, there's not going to be someone that can do that, you know? Yeah, it, even when they were allowed. I mean, there aren't guys that, that did that and went on to be people you know of. There's mm-hmm. maybe five or six. Right. Right. So it's not like this will happen all the time. Um, I think, it, I think on in a weird way, I think it might encourage guys to stay in college even longer, the ones that do go. It could. Uh, we'll see about all that. I, I don't know. And there's always been a weird relationship between college basketball and the NBA. But um, I, I think that this will go toward uh, helping out both brands uh, and the players, who I think are the most important thing here. So Yeah, I mean, because there's such a – like basketball, it seems like, is the, the easiest sport for these players to, you know, when you're 18, to come in and make an impact. Mm-hmm. Like with football, it, it's – there. I mean, it takes years for even college, people who've gone four years to college to make mm-hmm. a difference, you know. Um, and then baseball, I mean, you don't even have to go to college because there's people who are 18 who go and make 30000 a year with a triple-A team yeah. or a double-A or single-A team. So – uh, yeah, I, I think I think basketball makes sense for them to get rid of this rule. Yeah, and I think that you may start seeing it more, uh, more like the MLB, where yeah, you got drafted out of high school, but you're going to the minor leagues in the NBA's case, the D League, um, for a little bit to develop before you're a starter. Yeah. Um, I think the difference with the NBA though is you only get two rounds in a draft. Um, now you yeah. could be you could be signed afterwards, but um. You know, they do have the D League to to send players that way. Uh, I think that another uh, another interesting thing about the draft going into this season uh, that's being talked about is that players who are in college who decide to declare for the draft, if they don't get drafted, can go back to college now. Yep. And I think this is a very important and very good rule, especially for the players, because you're not forcing them to make this huge decision without all the info yet, yep. right? It used to be that you had to find you had to find out from a pretty good source that you were going to get drafted mm-hmm. or you wouldn't come out. Now they have an opportunity to test the market and re- keep their amateur status so that if they're not drafted, they're going to get back in the league. It sounds like you're in favor of this one too. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a good idea. I, I would like that for all of them, <laughs> you know, all the sports to be honest, just because it, like you said, yeah, you never know if you're going to get drafted or not. I mean, you see – I mean, yeah, like you said, NBA has a lot less picks. Uh, NFL, there's a ton of picks, but there's also all these because there's way more spots. You know, mm-hmm. there's way more spots on a team, and you have these undrafted guys and practice squad guys. You know, if someone who doesn't get drafted in the NFL, they're they're done. You know, yeah. and a lot of these guys, while there's more spots, they you know it's with NFL it's there's such a short window too mm-hmm. much smaller window than any sport so it's uh i i think that it should be a rule for all the for all the sports to be honest you'd like to see this in the NFL yeah for sure the only thing i could see as a counterpoint for the NFL is uh college football is usually practicing in the spring yeah and since they don't draft until may you may get some weirdness on the college side yeah. where you know the player went to spring 
camp but then got drafted so they had to make a change i think it would kind of fuck with recruiting a little bit but yeah but i i do like it I, for the players from the point of view of the players i think it's good i mm-hmm. think not having to declare themselves as professional before they're at, they're even going to get a team uh is good yeah and and that it takes away the pressure too of the whole because a lot of people will come like especially quarterbacks will come back for another season mm-hmm. to try and improve their spot right but if they can come out there sophomore year junior whenever they're eligible um and find out hey i can get drafted pick three or two or whatever um instead of risking another year and getting my leg snapped (laughs) you know like i think it would just make more sense that way and save them or give them additional millions of dollars that they would lose if they tore their ac look at that jalen smith guy from um from the the cowboys Mm -hmm. you know oh yeah you know he played his final college game um I don't know if he would have been eligible. I think it, I I can't remember if that was a senior year or not, but um, you know he could maybe you know maybe he would have declared a year earlier and he could be the best linebacker in the NFL right now. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, you never know. I, I think one thing, and I, I I don't have this detail, but I don't know if the player has the ability to be chosen in the draft and not go. Mm-hmm. You you do get that in Europe where they own your rights or whatever, mm-hmm. um, and I don't know who wouldn't go, you know, because <laughs> right. you're going to get your money. It's not like you can be a, in Europe. You're already a pro. You're already making money. Um, but I don't know if any American college basketball players would choose to go back to college if they were chosen in the draft. That yeah. I just don't know. Yeah. Um, but that would be one thing that I think you know could could make this more hairy. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see. And and these couple of rule changes that we've talked about aren't going into effect right now uh-huh. uh it sounds like it'll be the next year maybe two years before all that stuff really starts happening but i think i think two good rule changes uh maybe coming down the pipe for for the nba so let's switch gears to the nfl we started our series last week going through the four corners of the nfl world and uh just kind of previewing what we what thoughts we might have um per division going into the 18 and 19 season we talked about the nfc and afc south last week Uh, So if you want to hear some of that, go back and check out episode 56. This week, we're talking about the AFC and NFC East. So there's a lot going on. Uh, There's a lot going on. Both of last year's Super Bowl contenders come from these two divisions. Uh, And I think one of the the intriguing divisions here, we'll we'll start with the NFC side here. Uh, NFC East has historically been a very competitive division. Um, Not always a great division. But it does seem like more more years than not, uh, it's very even across the four teams in that division. Not the case this year. I, I'm a firm believer that, that the Eagles walk through this division pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think there's a ton of of uh, really great teams in this. Uh, I think the Giants have potential. I like their personnel. But I think the Cowboys take a step back, and I think the Redskins take a very big step back. That's just kind of my first impression. What do you think about the East? Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you. I mean, the, the the defending Super Bowl champions are there, and they're only they're getting players back now. You know, they're getting Carson Wentz back, and uh, they I think they they signed or they signed or traded for a pretty good tackle. I can't remember the, for whatever reason his name is escaping me, but uh, they're, they're going to be very good. Obviously, um, I do like the Giants a little more this year. I I still don't. 100% buy into their defense. I know people, and they had a bad defense this year, last year because they were hurt, but I still don't 100% buy in it. I know that they have a pretty good secondary and mm-hmm. uh, Janoris Jenkins and uh, Collins, their, their safety. But uh, the rest of that defense is just isn't isn't super solid for me. I mean, they still the the three-fingered wonder, J- Jason Pierre-Pearl. <laughs> um, 
But uh, yeah, the rest of that defense, there's there's some holes there. I think the offense though will be much better this year. Man, they should be. And uh, they're they're going to be in games more. They they were getting blown out last year constantly. Mm-hmm. So I think they'll be in games more this year, and their maybe their defense will be better because they won't have to be on the field as much. But I, I do think with uh, with Odell Beckham obviously should be health, healthy. Eli hopefully will be able to have more targets to throw to this year. Sterling Shepard has another year in it and uh, in his progression, and then of course Saquon Barkley. Uh, is going to add a huge, huge spark in the backfield, in my opinion. Uh, offensive line is still bad, but I think with a more balanced attack on the offense, with with the ground game and the air game, uh, I think they, I think they'll be in games more, and I think you'll see a more fun Giants team this year. Man, I hope so. And I, every single for the last five years or so, and we talked about this way, way back when uh, Kevin Gautier, who's from New York, was on the show, and. I've been a I've been a Giants apologist for years and years. I I do think that they are better this year than last. I mean, because they stunk last year, but they did go through a lot of injuries. They have a lot of name recognition on defense. But yeah, you're right. We just don't know how that defense is going to look. But the offense doesn't really have any excuses. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can say the offensive line is mediocre. That might be true. But mm, when it's, you it's bad. <laughs> yeah, but when you've got when you've got Barkley and they did add they added to that. They dra- they drafted uh, Will Hernandez, uh, who was a top offensive lineman, but mm-hmm. it's there. There's still a lot. I mean, there's not a good there before they drafted. Uh, there wasn't a good offensive lineman on that mm-hmm. on that team. The, Eli had about a second and a half to throw last year. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And their their guys are are deeper play receivers, so that did make it tough. I think um, the other the big addition to this Giants team that is important is Pat Shermer. Uh, taking yeah. over as head coach, comes over from the Minnesota Vikings, who had a very fun offense last year mm-hmm. with a, not a great offensive line. So it's it's a similar it's a similar situation he's coming into this year. He's got good receivers. Um, he has a better quarterback, in my opinion, than than he was working with last year, and he's got a young, uh, promising rookie running back. So uh, if Shermer's able to do anything close to what he did with the Vikes last year, then I do really like this Giants offense. The defense is suspect. Uh, we'll see, but I, I, the NFL is better when the Giants are good, and I, I would love to see a two-horse race between them and the Eagles, but I'm not giving Washington uh, much of a chance. They have a garbage fire on their hands. <laughs> uh, Alex Smith comes over as quarterback. I think he's probably the only bright—I like Alex Smith. Some people don't, but yeah, uh, I think he's the only bright spot on this entire team. They just had their promising rookie running back go down for the season. Uh, this defense has been bad for years. Mm-hmm. I, I don't care much about the Redskins. Um, but the Cowboys are interesting. I think they're one of those teams who will they'll win a couple games they shouldn't, but I don't see them as the, as potentially going to the playoffs. <sighs> um, I I don't I just I'm so up in the air with the Cowboys. What do you think of them? Um, here's one name a receiver on the Cowboys. <laughs> Cole Beasley. Cole is he Beasley's still on there. there. <laughs> yep. Um, they have Cole Be- Beasley. They signed Allen Allen Hearns. Okay. Um, so that's that's the receiving core. Mm-hmm. Um, you're losing Des Bryant gone Jason Witten gone yeah. that's like two-thirds of the offense yeah so they're gonna run a lot mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> like, draft like, Ezekiel Elliott <laughs> like a lot leagues, folks <laughs> yeah um, they have Tavon Austin too now but yeah we'll see, we'll maybe what, they'll find a way to use Tavon Austin maybe. Rams didn't make good use of him um, but who knows maybe it's him um, you like Dak though no, not really. No, no. I he needs a receiver. He needs he needs someone to throw to. <laughs> I mean, it's. I mean, he had some some pretty good safety blankets the last few years with with Jason Witten, who's probably the most reliable tight end in terms of uh, accurate, you know, like completion percentage that in the NFL. Um, he's always always able to throw him, in, you know, in the middle of the field. And Des was the guy who would be able to, you know, go up and make a catch. Um, they still have Terrence Williams, but he drops too many balls. Like mm-hmm. it's. 
ugh, it, it's not good for him. Um, he might be able to, you know, create some plays on the ground, but it's it's going to be rough for Dak this year, in my opinion. Um, yeah, obviously Zeke is great. Um, the the Redskins, I do like a little more on offense than than kind of what you would see. Okay. Uh, so Alex Smith, obviously coming over, I do like him as a fit for the Redskins uh, quite a bit. Jay Gruden's a good offensive coordinator. Well, he he's the head coach, but he does he does call the plays. So I, I I like him. They of course still have Jordan Jordan Reed, who's been hurt a lot, but he's very athletic, and I think he'll have a good rapport with him. Josh Doxson, who is their rookie, or this is his third year, uh, didn't make a huge leap last year, but he improved, and it sounds from all all sounds out of camp is that he's made a big leap this year so far. So. Uh, and then uh, forget about Vernon Davis is still there. And he had a really productive year last year. He did year. have a good year last year and, with, uh, with um, Reed going down. And uh, you know who's thrown uh, over half of his touchdowns to him in his career? Alex Smith. So That's right. So it's uh, – I, I think – I actually like their offense a little more. Their offensive line isn't terrible. It's not great, but it's not terrible. And they their their backfield is still – I mean, yeah, they lost the Darius guys who's, who looked great. But they still have Rob Kelly, who's serviceable. They still they're going to have Chris Thompson back in a, f- a few weeks after the season starts, who was awesome last year. So I think the offense will be okay. I actually do. They're not going to. They're not going to. You know, I could see them doing like a six and ten, seven and nine type thing mm-hmm. potentially. Um, they're not going to make the playoffs, obviously. But I think I think they'll be better than what most people give them credit for. You're, you are uh, you are moving my needle a little bit on the Redskins. I, I will give you that. Uh, let, let's go into this. Uh, for me, if I were to rank uh, the NFC East, I, I'm obviously going Eagles-Giants, and then it's it's a virtual tie, but I think you've, you've swayed me uh, with what you just said on, on the Redskins. I'll go, I'll go Washington and then Dallas. Uh, what, how do you rank these four teams? That's Yeah, the, I think you can switch Washington and Dallas either way. I mean, it's they're, they're a flip-flop for me. I, I would probably – that's hard. I I might go I might go Washington yeah like 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 mm-hmm. you said I might go Washington three and then Dallas four I just don't see Dallas scoring points I, I really do I mean their offensive line is good but not as good as it was two three years ago Mm-mm. and their defense is still bad so and tail end of last season their offense was atrocious yeah they lost like a nine to six game yeah in one of the later latter games last season and I I I do like Dak's t- Dak is he's tracking a trajectory that is similar to Russell Wilson's I think where he came into a very good team and performed well, and now that team is falling apart around him, and it's going to be on his shoulders. Now, we'll see how good Dak is this season because he's going to have to create most of the work himself. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. The jury's still out, but it, in the past he has impressed occasionally, so we'll see about him going forward. Uh, I think more the more important question, though, the Eagles out of this division, I, I think there's no, no nobody has any doubt that they're they're getting into the playoffs. Do you like them for the Super Bowl? Are you putting them right at the top of your list? Right now, probably yeah. It's just because it's it's a recency thing, and they're getting some some players back. Uh, but you, you know how the NFL season shakes out. You never mm-hmm. know. Uh, the I mean, and towards the end of last season, the Eagles. I mean, again, obviously they didn't have Carson Wentz, but um, that wasn't all their problems. I mean, they they did they did uh, give up some points on defense, and their run game is very iffy i mean they have some good guys in ajay and Corey clement and um wendell smallwood but they 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 can't run it super efficiently when they have it it's just it's just kind of a hit and miss type of thing Mm -hmm. so there are some holes and i don't know if i'd put them as the super bowl champions just yet but 
uh, I do think they kind of got hot at the right time at the you know in those last few games last year. So definitely, yeah, crazy story with Foles last year, and they mm-hmm. they do they do retain Foles as the backup. It sounds like all intentions are for Wentz to start Week One, but you got to feel good about having Foles behind him. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if Wentz. I've, I've heard I've heard some differing things about Wentz uh, that it it might be a Week Two or Three type thing for him. So oh okay, well I mean and the 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 flip version of that is. If he does have to wait a couple weeks or if he's on the edge, they shouldn't have any problem marching fools out there. No, they shouldn't. And, and he's kind of banged up right now, too. But it, it does sound like because, I mean, think about it. Wentz tore, tore his ACL and would have been October. Yeah, October, October November. November. 14 or so. And normally players take take a year, you know, to get that to get to get back to full health with an ACL nine, nine months to a year. So, I mean, he could potentially play a week one. But if I was the Eagles, I would. If you're if you're looking good with Foles or whoever's you know their quarterback, um, I would I would go with them first at this point. Make yeah. sure Wentz is healthy if you want to win a Super Bowl. I like that error on the side of caution, especially you know it's not like they got some shitty guy by, behind them. The Super Bowl MVP is on the fucking team. So, yeah, uh, yeah, that, that'll be an interesting storyline to follow. Who who starts Week One uh, for the Eagles? So a lot of things to be excited about in the NFC East this season. I think there's exactly one thing to be excited about in the AFC East this year. Um, and that's probably the Patriots because this, I'm just, I'm looking at this. Uh, I had to look up who's in the AFC East. I I always forget because Uh, Patriots, let me think Patriots, Dolphins, Jets, and the other team is bills. The bills. Yeah. Yeah. I got it. And they are as easily forgettable as, as is the fact that they are in that division. This is the Patriots and everybody else is, is the Patriots obviously we'll get to, is there another team on this division that you want to talk about that intrigues you more than the others? I think the jets. And the reason for that is Sam Darnold came out and press and impressed the other night. I, I think and of course, they still have Josh McCown, and they have Teddy. They have Teddy time there, <laughs> but I think Darnold was the the guy that I saw coming out of the draft that was that was the most impressive, and he's the guy that I think is the most NFL ready and has the most future. I mean, you can you can talk Baker Mayfield all you want, but Sam Darnold is the is the the prototypical guy, you know, in mm-hmm. terms of quarterback. A lot of folks saying the Browns made a mistake and the Jets were blessed with uh, with getting Darnold. Which, to be fair, I did actually. I mean, I was impressed with Baker uh, during his his uh, couple drives that he had. But Sam Darnold, I think, could be a difference maker. And I now, by any means, do I think the Jets are going to be good? No. But... They they added their offense was good last year actually you know they they put up points they were solid they damn near in the playoffs yeah and they added some pieces of course they still have Robbie Anderson uh, they who who was a really good wide receiver last year they added uh, Isaiah Crowell in the backfield which adds kind of a thumper they had they had Bilal Powell, still had Bilal Powell but now they have that thumper in Crowell who can also catch some passes too so he'll I think he'll look good for sure um, they added a receiver but for whatever reason it's blank, I'm blanking on it. I can't remember now, but uh, so they added some pieces on offense. They uh, their defense is is not good either, but whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, yeah, their 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 defense was bad last year, but they yeah. do have a defensive head coach. Mm-hmm. So who maybe he'll be able to do more with that personnel? But I can't name a single player on the defense. Yeah, I can't anymore either. But I, I actually think that there could be some promise with that team, with uh, especially with Darnold in there and adding some pieces. Um, I think that. Again, I don't think they're going to be great. May not, might not even win more than five games, but they could be, they they could be more impressive than what what you might think. 
Sure. And I, and obviously with Darnold, uh, we'll be watching them throughout the season, even if they are bad. I one of, I think possibly my favorite thing about Darnold and being on this team is that Josh McCown is on that team. Yeah. And he's a guy who's come out and said that he wants to be a coach. And so he's only in the league now to collect his backup quarterback paycheck and to, and to nurture younger guys. That's mm-hmm. why he is in the league. And uh, he's a journeyman. He's he's good. He's he's shown a lot of times that he can be very good. He was last year. He was a top ten quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, with a dog shit offense. Yep. So um, yeah, I like McCown as a as a mentor to uh, to Darnold. I think that that's going to help him out a lot, and and hopefully you know he'll be able to. I I want these young quarterbacks to be good. I do. I I, I it rarely happens anymore, but. Uh, but I do want it to happen. We'll see if they trade Bridgewater. It does sound like they're open to the to the idea. Um, they've got their one and two in place, and they could maybe get a draft pick or or a, a new piece to get in there mm-hmm. by trading Teddy away. Uh, I I do I will pay attention to the Jets. I, I agree with you. I don't think they'll be good, but they'll be a fun watch. Yeah. Uh, another playoff surprise playoff team out of this division last year was the Bills, who <laughs> were they were dying to lose every game last season. Like it seemed like. They were yeah, trading away players in the middle of the season. They put Nathan Peterman in. They put Peterman in for that game when Tyrod was doing well. Like, they wanted to lose, but they kept winning in a weird way. They made the playoffs. <laughs> it was kind of a joke that they made the playoffs, but then they completely gutted this team. My favorite thing about that, and this is a completely selfish story, but I'm going to tell it anyway. <laughs> um, that game that Ty, they pulled Tyrod, um, and so they said the week before, they were like, Tyrod, he's not the starter, it's Nathan Peterman. I had the... I had the defense playing against, I think, the Chargers. And Nathan Peterman in the first half threw six interceptions. Two of them were pick sixes. Oh, my God. And that was the best day of my life. <laughs> so Nathan Peterman, not the future yeah. for the Bills. I don't know who's playing quarterback for them. Well, he's so I think he is penciled in as the starter right now. Oh, God. Um, which, he, he again, preseason, he came out and looked good. Uh, but it's preseason, so who cares? Uh, they they also have AJ McCarron, who was the backup in Cincinnati. A lot of people really said that he was, you know, ready for a starting job. Again, he looked good. And then they have Josh Allen, who was the Wyman quarterback. They picked, I think, at three. That's right. I forgot they picked him. And uh, all accounts are that he is not ready. <laughs> um, he he's he's it sounds to me like the most inconsistent quarterback out of all of them that got drafted. You know, some some throws he can make are just gorgeous, but then others he'll miss a guy by a mile. So he also had, I don't know if you saw this, uh, during the preseason game, he uh, had one of those plays where uh, the, the one of the linemen broke through or linebacker broke through, chased him down in the backfield. He did kind of one of those like turnaround things mm-hmm. he, and uh, was trying to escape. He was like 20 yards back. Um, he just threw it up in the air to get rid of it so he didn't get a 20-yard sack. Almost got picked. But it just looked like one of those stupid schoolyard plays. Looked awful. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, dude, come on. <laughs> um but out of those three quarterbacks, I I probably see McCarron starting. By, I would love to see that by week one, and then eventually Josh Allen, just because they picked a high pick on him. So. Whoever it is that starts has a new weapon in the form of Kelvin Benjamin, yeah, who has impressed at times and has disappointed at others. Do you? I don't know. He's going to be the focal point, I think, of this offense. Yeah. Do you like him? Uh, I don't know. I really don't know. I think I think a lot of it depends on who's throwing to him. To mm-hmm. be honest, um, speaking of that, did you see him and Cam got into a fight? Yeah, yeah. Because uh, Kelvin Benjamin thinks that Cam is a garbage quarterback and said, <laughs> "Yep." And then so Cam came up to him and said, "You know, hey, what's up, man? Why are you saying that <laughs> stuff?" And then they're like, "No." Nah! <laughs> so, uh, I think Kelvin Benjamin is a very athletic and gifted uh, wide receiver. He's a huge freak. Yeah, he's a freak. Um, not a great route runner. 
but he's got good hands. I think he's he's going to be the only guy there. I mean, they have Zay Jones that they drafted a few years ago in the first round, but has done nothing. They still have Charles Clay, so he he's he's a very very solid tight end. Uh, one of one kind of one of those guys like a Delaney Walker, who you just you know he's 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 a very reliable, he's there, you know, type guy. Um, and then McCoy, uh, we'll see if he even plays <laughs> for the whole thing. But uh, even so, he's nearing 30. I, I think he might turn 30 this year. Maybe. And He's been good as long as he's been on the Bills, though. He has. I mean, he's he has been, been. He's been injury prone, but he's also, he kind of slowed down last year. He, I mean, he, he, I think he averaged just right around four, four yards to carry, which is efficient, but not great. Mm-hmm. He's kind of trended down. Um yeah, we'll see. I mean, to answer your question about Kevin Benjamin, I like him, but I just am worried about him on this team. I'd much rather see him on the Panthers still than be on the Bills. Yeah, I agree with you there. I liked him on that Carolina team. I, I don't think the Dolphins have a whole lot going on. Uh, they traded away their number one receiver, Jarvis Landry. Um, he's on uh, Cleveland now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're getting – Jay Cutler is gone. He played last year. They're going to get back – who the fuck is the guy? Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill is coming back. I do like Ryan Tannehill. I think he's shown flashes. Maybe he can come back and string together a consistently good season, but he doesn't have anyone to give it to. He well, I mean, he he does. Um, he, I mean, Devontae Parker, who is he, he is a talented wide receiver. He's just had, he's been plagued with some injuries. Uh, they have Kenny Stills, who's been quietly super consistent. Um, they have I know they they also signed Danny Amendola this year. This off is that where he went? Yeah. So and and again, he's a guy that he's going to catch every ball that's by him. You know. A um, little old and a little injury prone, but I think I think the receiving core is pretty solid. They obviously lost the you know one of the best receivers in the NFL in Jarvis Landry mm-hmm. in terms of possession anyway. But uh, I think I think their receiving core is good enough that that he'll be fine. Um, the the run the the backfield is very strange right now. <laughs> the Kenyon Drake who came out at the end of last year was he was electric for him, breaking huge runs and and made him look good, but. It sounds like they don't really want him to be like the guy because they drafted a running back, Kalen Balaj, uh, I think in the second or third round, who is a guy that they have been letting run a lot in with in, in training camp and then uh, in in the preseason game. And then they also signed Frank Gore. So, and I and by no means do I think Frank Gore is going to be, you know, like carrying the ball 20 times a game, but he's going to be down in the goal, the goal line uh, carrying it. And, it's in, and again, their, their head coach, said that, you know, they want to give him the ball. They, they still think he can do it, and he's durable, and they want to give him the ball as much as they can. So uh, interesting offense. Not Do I think it'll be an electric offense? No, but it's going to be weird to watch, I think. We'll see what the Miami offense can pull together. Uh, and I, I think that we, you know, we've, we there's three teams here that are going to be mediocre to decent. Um, there's one team in this in this division, and it's it's the New England Patriots. Uh, Super Bowl runners up in a, a classic last year. Uh, if you haven't watched last year's Super Bowl, do so. <laughs> uh, Tom Brady's back. The, they do lose defensive coordinator Matt Patricia. Uh, a couple players off the offense. I, I, a lot of folks are saying that maybe this is probably about the time that New England's going to start getting worse. I don't. I I can't make that bet. You know, because people have been saying that for years. I think mm-hmm. at least Brady's going to be good, and if Brady's good, you're in it. Mm-hmm. What do you think about the Patriots? Oh well, yeah, well, duh. I mean, yeah, they're they're <laughs> gonna, they're gonna they're gonna win the division. It uh, even if they were mediocre, they would still win the division with that the way the division looks. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, they lost 
Brandon Cooks and Danny Amendola. Um, both were pretty much non-fact. I mean, Amendola was actually more of a factor, it seemed like, than than Cooks was when he was healthy. Um, but bo- both pretty much non-factors in the offense last year. Um, Gronk should be healthy again. He's fine. It sounds like this is the healthiest he's been in camp in years. It's weird that a guy that that's that freakishly big and strong mm-hmm. it gets hurt so much. <laughs> yeah, but it sounds like he's kind of he's focusing more on just being healthy. He's, he's not probably not drinking bush lights every night. Jesus. And uh, you know he's focused on being healthy, and this is the healthiest he's been, the best he's looked. So I'm excited for that because when 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 Gronk and and Brady are connecting, it, it they're hard to stop. Because that just frees up everyone else. Um, they're, so they're going to have, uh, of course, uh, Edelman back too. Uh, he's gone for the first four games because of a PED thing, I think. But um, he'll, you know, he'll be back and healthy. There's going to be some young, some younger guys. I know in terms of like the backfield and then the the receiving core, they're going to have some younger guys step up too. Um, they have. Uh, Malcolm Mitchell, who is a guy that I, a couple of years ago had showed some promise, but um, he's going to get a better shot this year. Uh, not so young guy, but a solid guy. And Kenny Britt is with the Patriots. Um, I think he could be a good kind of goal line type guy too. And uh, the backfield got younger. Uh, they drafted Sony Michelle in the first round. Uh, he's he's hurt right now, uh, but it sounds like he should be ready to go in the early part of the season. Uh, Rex Burkhead, of course. Uh, he handled when when they gave him the ball and towards the end of the year when he when he got healthy they gave him the ball quite a bit. Oh yeah, I do like him. Uh, he can do both. Run, you know, he can run between the tackles and he can catch. They still have James White, who's more of the passing specialist, but he kind of got used less and less as the season went on last year. So I I think the offense will still be fine. Uh, they they'll I think they they have another receiver uh, again another young receiver that I'm missing and I can't remember. But uh, oh they I think they still have Philip Philip Dorsett. On the team, who is uh, he was a former first round pick, uh, a young young guy, very very fast guy. So I, I could see him making an impact potentially too. But um, just kind of all you know, the, the, it's the Patriots. You don't it doesn't matter who you have, right. <laughs> you know, yep. in terms of the receivers. So maybe they really lean, lean more on the run. Uh, they do. They signed Jeremy Hill too, who looked good in the preseason. So I do like him. So uh, it, they'll be fine. Uh, defense, I. I you never know with the defense, honestly. Some some years they're great, some years they're mediocre. It's just kind of mm-hmm. whatever you get there. So I think they're the only the only wild card slash chink in the armor uh, of this team could be the defense. Of course, losing the coordinator is a bigger deal than any of the players. I think, uh, and and Patricia was very good for them for a long time, but then they allowed fifty fucking points yeah. in the Super Bowl. So maybe it was time for him to go anyway. And even like the beginning, the first eight weeks of the season last year, they they were given up buku points yeah so no doubt they've been swiss cheese for the majority of the time that they've been great mm -hmm. uh this team lives and dies by tom brady he even though he's just turned 41 years old he has had he had the best performance of any quarterback ever in the super bowl one of the best games period of all time i'm not betting on him to slow down yet are you no (laughs) i i think that he oh. is. He doesn't follow anybody else's rules. Everyone else says over forty and you stink, and he says no. Um, sorry, I forgot a couple of receivers. Um, Chris Hogan, very good like receiver, him. and they also have Cordero Patterson now. Which oh good. Um, again, I don't expect him to 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 you know be the best receiver in the NFL, but Tom Brady does make wide receivers much better than they should be, mm-hmm. and uh, I think he'll score. 
two touchdowns this season on end arounds. <laughs> Probably. I think that will be Cordero Patterson. <laughs> but I mean, again, they they have some. They signed Eric Decker too. They have him now too. So God, they got a shitload of wide They do. Yeah. I mean. They lost some talented receivers, but they also gained back. I think. I mean, I think even with Eric Decker swapping him with Amendola, that's an even split right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you kind of make that up with some of the other guys they got with, for, you know, getting rid of Cook. So, you know what? I I like the I like the receivers. Are the Patriots still <laughs> at the top of your AFC? Yeah, I think so. It's hard not to to put them there. Um, you, I mean, you could say the Steelers. I can't really think of any other team to be beside the Steelers. Some are saying Jacksonville. Uh, we talked yeah, about them true. a little bit last week. I think they're maybe a little the, more well-rounded, but I'd still put the Patriots above the above the the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, until until you until Tom Brady can you know stops doing what he's doing, you they're gonna you know they they're in every single game mm-hmm. and likely going to win every single game. Like they're the favorites going into every game as long as Tom Brady's still playing the way Tom Brady plays. Tom Brady's still a stud. The Patriots are going to win this division. This was an easy one. Uh, so AFC and NFC East this week. Uh, what do you think? Should we go north or west next week? Um, I don't know. You can choose. Oh, we'll flip a coin for it. Uh, <laughs> come back next week to find out if we go to the AFC and NFC North or the AFC and NFC West next week. Continuing our series, previewing every division in football in advance of the week one opener of the 2018-2019 season. So come on back for that. You know what would be funny is you, you said, you know, this is an easy decision. You know, the Patriots have it, wrap it up, basically. It would be funny if they didn't win it. That probably will and, happen. And play that, play that sound bite back. <laughs> <laughs> we'll use that as bulletin board material for the rest of the season uh, anytime the Patriots lose, so that'll be fun. That's going to do it for this week in sports. Let's move on to television. That's what she said. <laughs> TV. PP. <laughs> PP. We got to disappoint all the good folks at home. No TV corner this week, but we do have a little bit of news. Uh, I have one thing I want to talk about, but you go first this week. What's uh, What do you got in the news? Uh, only news that I have, they announced a release date for one of my surprise shows last year that I really enjoyed, Atypical on Netflix. Mm. Uh, the, uh, the kid that has um, autism. Uh, that That's about it. Um, it uh, it's premieres September 7th which is pretty soon. They announced it they announced it pretty close to the release date. So, uh, I know I'm going to have a busy busy end of August early September with Ozarks coming out and and then uh Bojack comes out in September and Atypical comes out in September. So, we'll be looking at a lot of TV corners coming up again soon. Good, good. Don't fret this week, uh folks, cuz there's a lot coming at you in the weeks and months to come. Who's the dad on Atypical? Uh Michael Rapaport. I like him a lot. I really like Michael Rappaport. He's featured on Colin Coward's uh, show a lot. I, I do like him. Uh, one bit of thing, uh, one thing I wanted to talk about in the TV world is Disney and Hulu. And we've touched on this in the past, uh, but it's sort of resurfaced in this past week. Uh, Hulu just recorded their uh, third quarter or their second quarter earnings for this year were dog shit. Um, and Hulu's basically losing money. And with uh, Disney's acquisition of Fox, Disney now has, or now will have, the majority stake in Hulu. And so uh, some of the chatter around this has been that uh, Hulu will still be a thing under Disney, but will that will be a way that, that Disney will segment out content, right? Mm-hmm. So some of the more grown-up content might go to the Hulu, uh, whereas some of the younger might go to Disney, uh, Disney streaming, whatever it is they're going to call that. 
so maybe a splitting of the two. It does sound like they might drop uh, the price for Hulu. Mm. So it won't just be the new Disney streaming service, but it will be sort of a partner with Disney, um, potentially a discount if you have them both. What do you think of that strategy? Do you like the splitting of the brands to divide the content, or do you think just you'd rather just see this looped in altogether? Um, well, it, I mean, it depends on what's what's on the what's on each. I mean, I know Disney's going to be all kids stuff, mm-hmm. so I don't. As of right now, I really don't plan on getting the Disney service. I mean, the only thing they have announced so far is like remakes of kids movies that I don't really want to see. And so I'd rather just, you know, spend the money on Hulu if, if they're going to put new stuff on there. With uh, Hulu, I think I think a price drop should be should be warranted. It uh, It's something that, for me, I don't watch much on there. Mm-hmm. I just use your password. Right. <laughs> and, and I watch Handmaid's Tale, and that's it. But it, uh, you know, a price drop should be warranted for them, depending on what type of content they get on there now going forward. And then also, I think something that they're probably losing money on is doing the whole... Uh, live tv thing yeah and they just need to stop because that market is pretty much cornered out right now mm-hmm. between youtube tv uh the playstation view and uh sling are the i think the, the main ones they just need to they, they got on too late and they didn't offer enough i think like you with youtube tv they're they're lower priced and they have pretty much every channel um playstation was there first and, uh, well, I guess Sling was there first, but they don't offer as much. PlayStation was there right after and offered way more than Sling did. So I think they really cornered out the market. Hulu came on too late, and, and uh, it's just not enough people you know, bought into it. So they need to drop that. And, and then, like you said, I think a, a price drop would be good and kind of diversify some of the original stuff and, and not focus on just, like, the day after TV, you know. Mm-hmm. Because anymore, most people won't even need Hulu to watch that stuff. Right. You know, it's it, for one, a lot of people don't watch shows that are currently on. They wait till they get on Netflix and binge it all. Mm-hmm. And uh, or they, they you know, they, all these networks have their own apps now too: Fox, ABC, NBC, where you can watch it the next day um, with depending on if you have a provider, you can watch it without commercials and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. it Hulu, and DVR on the D, on the YouTube and PlayStation services. Yep. I, I mean, for me, like YouTube TV, um, all the stuff I used to watch on Hulu is on YouTube TV in the same format where, you know, they show the, the you know, a couple commercials or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's basically Hulu, but on YouTube TV instead. So I haven't touched YouTube TV since Handmaid's Tale has been off. So, Maybe. or not, not uh, right. yeah, Hulu. I haven't touched Hulu since Handmaid's Tale has been off. So a lot of folks not using it nearly as much. I'm still paying for it for some stupid ass reason. <laughs> pull it. I, I guess I used to watch uh, old blackish episodes. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much the only There's thing. some stuff you can, I, I guess I did watch it to watch Community, just some episodes of Community. So like, there's some old stuff on there you can't watch. Rick and Morty's all on there. I know a lot of people watch Rick and Morty on there, which I don't think you can really watch anywhere else from, you know, for the, from the beginning to end. But, it's there's it's just so niche, you know, stuff. Whereas like Netflix has such a wide variety, and then like all these other like streaming cable stuff has has a much larger variety. Where it's just not worth it for people to buy Hulu. Yeah, I agree with you. I I like the idea of splitting Hulu, keeping Hulu and splitting it off from Disney uh, because of exactly what you said. If Disney's going to be the place for your PG thirteen or your PG and lower content. Uh, having Hulu as a separate brand will allow them to still put out more mature content. This is where you could maybe see the Marvel shows land if they're going to be, um, you know, more, uh, you know, dark or whatever, and they want to keep them off the Disney service. Uh, I My intuition tells me that they'll probably want to keep all the Marvel stuff under the Disney name too. So 
I don't know how they'll navigate that, but I do think having a separate outlet for those things and some of the original content and just having more out there than just Disney branded stuff. Um, some of the formerly Fox things I think could be appearing on Hulu. That would be nice. Um, I do think there will still be a place for Hulu and I'm glad to hear that there's potential that it will stick around in addition to what we're seeing on Disney. TV's quick this week. Let's jump over to movies. Quiet on the set. Can we please have quiet on the set? Movies. Man, there's some crazy stuff going on in the movie world lately. Uh, we've been talking about MoviePass for... I'm so the, sick of talking to movie. The better part of a movie month. Uh, they, they're back down to like five cents. Their stock is this week. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of controversy going on around people who tried to cancel have been like renewed mm-hmm. against their will on this. Yeah, that that's that that's because of people's stupidity. <laughs> Honestly. Um cuz so when if you log back into the app after I think like August 8th or something, um uh, a pop-up came and there's terms and conditions and in the in the and obviously not people people don't read the terms and conditions but i think even on there it said like you're accepting the new plan mm-hmm. and then you hit accept and you're in the new plan so i think if people just didn't log into the app then and they wouldn't have to deal with that right that makes or, sense or or even backed out cuz i think you can you it, i think it told you like you could say no i don't agree or i i just want to continue with the current one you mm-hmm. know so i did finally get a message today that um i opened up my movie pass app and it said all right, new plan, you good? And that was the only option it gave me other mm-hmm. than to not use the app. So they are, I think, kind of nudging those who are still, and I'm still a user. I didn't get re-signed in mm-hmm. uh, or anything like that. So a lot of controversy going going on around MoviePass. They've hit a, a 5% uh, stock price. So I, I don't know what's to come on MoviePass. Uh, we talked about, we've talked about the changes and you and I are still kind of clinging on to it. We'll see what the future holds, but it's just been a chaotic fucking month for them. Yeah. I just don't see for for like we talked about. I mean, I just don't have any other better option other than to have. It. I mean, like we tried going to was it Black Klansmen and they mm-hmm. didn't have they didn't have it on there, which was annoying. Yeah. But if we had AMC, wouldn't have mattered anyway because they weren't playing it at our theater. Right. So it's like it it sucks, and we're gonna have to start paying for some movies out of pocket again. But it's still a better deal right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's still working for us and. We'll ride this ship probably until it uh, until it sinks completely, but it looks like we're getting closer. At it. We'll see. Maybe some maybe some white knight will come in and, and save them, but mm-hmm. uh, it's it's not going to be either of us. We don't have hundreds of millions of dollars to invest. Uh, one one bit of news I'm I'm very excited about. And I know you will be. Um, we've kind of had been up in limbo ever since. Uh, I guess the the uh, Saban brand was purchased by Hasbro, but Hasbro's finally announced that a Power Rangers sequel is in development. Yeah! And this is nice because it's going to continue off, it sounds like it's going to continue off the first movie and not just be another reboot, which I enjoyed the first movie, I enjoyed the cast of the first movie, and they set up some cool stuff for the next going forward. I agree, I uh, think there's promise there. A.K.A. Tommy Oliver. <laughs> so I'm, I'm excited if they continue it off that, make a few changes with it, but continue off that. I think it could be really cool. The thing that concerns me here is getting the whole cast back. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically, the uh, I, her name is escaping me, but the the woman who played the Pink Ranger in the last one uh, is starting to get a lot more work. Uh, we've seen her; she's been in um, a couple things already, and I know she's uh, on. She's signed on to play Jasmine in the upcoming live action Aladdin movie. So her, uh, I, I, um, 
Decray Montgomery, who's now on Stranger Things, you've seen a little bit of a, of a boost in his career. So that's my only concern about this is getting the cast back. Even if they do have to recast, uh, I'm glad to see this as a sequel uh, and not necessarily as a reboot. But uh, more Power Rangers, the better. I, I will definitely be heading for that one. Yeah, I'm, I'm not super worried. I mean, yeah, like, like you said, the... The, you know, some of them have kind of gotten a little bigger, but none of them gotten huge enough yet mm-hmm, right. where, where they wouldn't, where it cost too much, I don't think. Welcome news, definitely. Speaking of franchises we love, uh, I'm a big fan, at least, of James Bond. And this isn't so much news as it is rumors, but over the last week, there was a lot of groundswell um, on the idea that the next James Bond might be Idris Elba. And there was a lot of talk about this. Uh, you might not know Idris Elba is British, uh, but he is. And there's been talk for like a decade about ha- finally having a black James Bond or a woman James Bond. Um, and so there was a lot of groundswell. Now, his That'd people... be Jill Bond? Uh, Jane. Jane Bond. Jane Bond, yeah. But uh, Idris Elba would, of course, be James. And his people have kind of come out and said that this isn't really a thing. Um, and some of the leaks have been sort of um, disregarded by this time, uh, by now. But there was a lot of heat about it last week, and so it got a lot of people thinking, you know, who should the next Bond be? There have been some polling come out that says people like Idris Elba the best. I know you're not as big a James Bond fan as I am, but uh, do you think that, one, it it might be time for a non-white male James Bond, and two, would Idris Elba fit that bill for you? Yeah, I would like it. I think we talked a little while back. I yeah I, I there's not much that that is going to get me into a theater to see a James Bond movie. I just I just don't care that much, but I think seeing one uh seeing seeing one with Idris Elba as a star would get me in there. I I like Idris Elba a lot and he I think he would fit that very very well. Something that in the world we live in today is is dumb sometimes, but so people have been clamoring for this for a long time, right? For him to be in this role. Mm-hmm. Um I saw a push online for some people saying, like, um, basically, who you know, who gives who uh, you know, it, it's cool that he would be James Bond, but he should just have his own franchise, a screw James Bond, basically. Like, <laughs> I understand people like want, you know, I understand there's like this whole progressive thing and blah blah blah, but like. That him being James Bond is way bigger of a deal than him having his own franchise. Well, yeah, there's just a million is. action franchises. Yeah, and and James Bond, I know as a character, is 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 kind of you know he's he's very archaic in terms of he's like not aged well at all. Yeah, <laughs> but don't you think like a, it's a name that everyone knows? Mm-hmm. A five year olds know who James Bond is, mm-hmm. and for them to change something up like that and and really give it to to you know, give it a modernized look um, and, and modernized feel to it and, and, you know, just change the the stereotype of it. It It's a big deal. And for people to just be like, screw James Bond and for Idris Elba to have his own new franchise, it's like, come on. You know, they, like you were, you were, you've been begging for this for years mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden you, you want to make a statement by saying he should have, you know, he should just have his own, like the, it'd be a big deal if he got it. Oh, absolutely, and and James Bond is probably James Bond is probably one of the five or so franchises that are the biggest of all time. Mm-hmm. It won't die. Yeah, they can change it. They did that a lot with Craig. Now, Craig, if you've watched the old sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties James Bonds, Daniel Craig was a big time change from them um, in his style and how much those how those movies go. Even his look was a lot different. Um, now he's just another white guy, but he still looks <laughs> a lot different than the other James Bonds. 
So James, the, the franchise has always been open to change. Now, this would be a kind of an extreme change, but I think while they're doing it, they have a chance to update it to a newer a newer time, you know, when he's not maybe such a womanizer and mm-hmm. the the types of, uh, of secret agenting that he's doing are different. Uh, it is an opportunity for them to really kind of, I mean, they do this every dozen or so years, have a kind of a fresh reboot of that franchise. And I think that just the nature of the history of James Bond makes this very doable in, a, in a, I think, a relatively painless way. I think the world's ready for this, and I think it could be very cool. And I agree with you. I think keeping the name James Bond is important here and valuable to them, honestly. You know, we, we, always, we bitch a lot about non-original content and reboots and remakes and stuff like that, but you have a name that guarantees you make $100 million. Mm-hmm. So you keep that name. Right. <laughs> you know, and it's kind of a, it's a victory, I think, you know, you know, a lot of folks will be like, oh, you're just taking a character and making him black. Well, that's cool, you know, and, and it's uh-huh. a victory for progressiveness and for, for um, you know, for black folks. You saw, it, hey, you saw what happened when Black Panther came out. Mm-hmm. If you had a black fucking James Bond, I bet you a lot of similar shit would go down. Right. So I'm all for this. I think it would be great. Now, again, not a lot of, uh, not a lot of validity to what we've been hearing. It doesn't sound like that is you know, very far down the progression or even very likely right now. But it's something that I would like to see. Um, Tom Hiddleston, Tom Hardy, Henry Cavill also uh, have been sort of the up in the air rumors and stuff. And we'll start hearing about this more as time goes on. But we still have one more Daniel Craig James Bond to get through first. Mm -hmm. So uh, it'll be a little while for that. Well, we talked a little bit earlier about uh, Disney, Fox, what they're planning to do with the streaming service, blah, blah, blah. Um, In the meantime, uh, we already know that Fox is going to be keeping The Simpsons. They talked about that that'll be part of the deal of keeping The Simpsons. Uh, They announced that they are in development on a few projects for some of their cartoons. One, Simpsons, obviously. Uh, They're developing a new Simpsons movie uh, sequel. Uh, They're also going to be developing a Bob's Burgers movie, (laughs) as well as a Family Guy live-action slash animation movie. Well, that sounds fucking stupid, but I am psyched (laughs) for Bob's Burgers. So they're they're definitely. It sounds like they're going to be keeping some of their IPs and still, you know, putting it on because they're still going to have the Fox Network. Okay. After this whole deal goes down, so they got to have some stuff to put on there still, other than Tim Allen's Last Man Standing. <laughs> so, uh, I, I I know people have been wanting a Simpsons sequel for a long time uh, for the Simpsons movie. Uh, so I think that this. Whole, I, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of Bob's Burgers. And I haven't watched Family Guy in years, but I think, you know, kind of giving some of these fans their 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 wishes is 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 cool. And you know, if they put the, put the right amount of work into it and, and and a lot of you know passion into it, I think that it could be cool. Yeah, I mean, The Simpsons just are always entertaining. You know, like I don't even I don't watch The Simpsons anymore, but I'll go to a Simpsons movie for sure. I went to the last Simpsons movie in theater and enjoyed it. Um, so The Simpsons isn't isn't quite what it used to be for a lot of people um but it still gets ratings on sunday nights and people will still turn out for that movie so i like it i do i love the idea of a bob's burgers movie if you haven't watched bob's burgers people i, I think it is on hulu so if you have hulu go and watch bob's burgers because that shit is funny there's a lot of really good stuff about bob's burgers um christian Shaw, who you like a lot in mm-hmm. last man on earth it features uh, the voice of louise on that and she's fucking hilarious um i really like bob's burgers i'll be very intrigued to see what they do with a movie about Bob's Burgers, but I don't know. This Family Guy idea sounds stupid as shit. But <laughs> uh, I do, I do like uh, McFarlane, and he tends to do. A, he tends to at least entertain me. You know, it's it's a different question whether or not his movies are good, but they do tend to entertain me. So I'll be there for that too. But I do like that Fox is is going to make use of these things, and and just like you said, give the fans what they want. 
Well, we've been talking for a little while about the whole Spideyverse that's going on mm-hmm. uh, with the Marvel movies. Um, we not that we talked about a while back that there was going to be a Black Cat and Silver Sable movie, and there's still plans, but now it's going to be two movies: a Black Cat movie and a Silver Sable movie. Okay, kind of split up. So uh, there's a couple things on that. One, I I mean I don't know these characters. I know Black Cat more than I know Silver, Silver Sable, um, but I still am not. I don't know how a full a full separate movie will be. Um, but the other thing too is this whole Spideyverse thing. And I know they were kind of trying it with Garfield. I just I, I don't know how I feel about it because you know Spider Man does have some great villains, but the movies that they're making are not the great villains. No, nope. you know they're they're making Venom, and I personally don't think that looks great right now with the trailers I've seen. I'm not super excited for it. And I think it's all going to depend on on Venom, uh, you know how, how it turns out and things like that. But the it it, it worries me what they're kind of doing right now. I I would much personally I'd much rather see these villains be in the Spider Man MCU stuff mm-hmm. than have their own movie. Is that kind of what you're along the lines with too? I think what you're going to see here is that Sony is doing the stuff Marvel doesn't want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, we already know we had Vulture, who's a classic villain. I think we're going to get Scorpion um, potentially in the next uh, the next iteration. Well, Mysterio. Is... Uh, Mysterio is going to be in the next one as well. So those are the classic, like, Sinister Six of Spider-Man. So, yeah, I think, I think the MCU is going to gobble up all the A-list villains. Uh, we'll see if Green Goblin eventually makes an appearance, but... So they are working from the B list, but this is like the C and D list are the yeah. people that we're hearing about. It's well, weird shit. Well, Venom though too. I like Venom is Venom an a- would be the one. Yeah, he's an A list, and mm-hmm. uh, potentially in Venom, I mean, you're working with some of the other symbiote characters too. You know, if they continue with the Venom thing, eventually they're going to get to Carnage. Carnage if, is if they great. if they don't already, I don't know. I, I, it sounds like Carnage isn't in the new one, but I don't. You know, you never know. They could surprise, but um, you know, it it's. Carnage is another great one that they that if they continue a symbiote, they're not going to be able to do in the MCU. So, yeah, I don't know. I I personally am not a fan of this whole Spideyverse thing. I think it's just Sony trying to make a buck off the MCU, personally. And I, it it makes me nervous. It really does it makes me nervous for for kind of the the future of the whole Spider Man thing. Yeah, I think that this, to me, it, it doesn't worry me because I don't think it's going to be so connected to the MCU's Spider-Man. MCU Spider-Man is the Spider-Man. And he may appear occasionally in those Sony movies, but he's not going to star in any of that shit and probably not even show his face. It'll probably be a CG Spidey if that does happen. Um, maybe you'll get a cameo from Holland at some point. I, I'm picturing these for now as a bunch of standalone movies that happen to be connected through Spider-Man. Uh, and, and, you know, if they're new and original ideas that no one's heard of, then there's a chance for them to be good. Uh, I'll take a look at them on an individual basis. Uh, I agree with you. I don't have a lot of faith in this as a whole new film universe that will be any good, but maybe each of these movies has a chance to be good. And I always like seeing some, some, uh, characters I've not seen before, so I'm not as familiar with the stories, but, uh, if they, if they, if they don't nail Venom though, I think all the rest of that shit's going to be in serious jeopardy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Venom is going to have to do well critically and commercially for this to get off the ground. Otherwise we might be seeing a dark universe situation. Yeah. And then one other piece of superhero news, one I think you'll be excited to hear. Uh, we kind of are getting some, some, I guess like more official, um, or close to official casting on Green Lantern. 
And the the word is that the front runner and close to making a deal is Tom Cruise as the Green Lantern. You get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. Every hair on my body is standing up right now. <laughs> the only thing he, he just he's he's just trying he's just waiting to agree on some script changes it sounds like, but once once those happen it sounds like Tom Cruise will be the Green Lantern. That is insane. I'm having so many thoughts because the Green Lantern name is so tainted right now. Everyone seems to hate the Green Lantern, but he's a great character. And I think Tom Cruise would be a great, probably it's Hal Jordan, right? Yeah, he's he's not going to be. He's not he's probably going to be John Stewart. <laughs> no, no, he's not going to be, unless he makes a real bold choice and does some blackface. <laughs> I don't, that'd be tough. I, I don't know if I'd go to a movie or not if Tom Cruise is in blackface. <laughs> that'd be really hard. My brain might split in half. I mean, Robert Downey Jr. did it, and wasn't he nominated for an Oscar? I, I don't know. <laughs> I still go back and forth about that because I love that movie. But I, I dig this. I do. I think that – and obviously this would be a few years down the road. So maybe DC has everything figured out by then. Who know? I don't know about the stri- script or who else is involved. But if Tom Cruise is agreeing to it, I'm assuming it's a pretty good script. He usually doesn't sign on to dog shit. He's had some questionable choices, but they're usually not dog shit. And it, it'll probably just be Tom Cruise being Tom Cruise. You know, plus some aliens or whatever it is he's going to fight. I'm in for this. If this happens, I will absolutely go to Green Lantern. I probably was going to anyway because I like that character. But if it's Tom Cruise, you count me the fuck in under one condition, and that's that it doesn't interfere with the next Mission Impossible. Yeah. I wonder how much he'll, like, because Green Lantern flies. Do you think, like, do you think they'll switch up his powers a little bit to where he's, like, he runs so fast he starts flying? Oh, he'll sprint. Yeah. That's probably the script change he's trying to agree to. It's I, like, guys, you don't have me sprinting in this. <laughs> it's like when it's like when when Mario when he's like when you're trying to get him to fly with the cape in the in Super Mario World, you have to like speed up really fast <laughs> and start sprinting with him. Like that's the same thing. That, that's how he flies. I'm actually really shocked by this news. Yeah, uh, I would never have thought of Tom. Now there was uh, obviously it's a famous story that he was in talks to be uh, Tony Stark. Way back in the beginning of the MCU. Yep. I'm really glad that didn't happen because we wouldn't have gotten these latest Mission Impossible movies if that did. <laughs> um, I am I am surprised. I, I'll be very excited, though, if, if he does come on for this one. I could maybe see DC, you know, they've got, uh, they've got some people are excited about Aquaman. I'm not one of them. I think that looks terrible. Um, but you've got Shazam. People are excited about Wonder Woman coming out next year. If this uh, Green Lantern can be any good, you might see DC starting to build a little bit more momentum more momentum a joker movie coming out next year and batman to follow uh we could be seeing dc you know starting to put something decent together and if tom cruise is a part of that then i'm, I'm definitely there for it something dc yes <laughs> jesus speaking of tom cruise uh, i will say I, I did get to the movies this last week and i'll, I'll give you a quick uh review of of what i made it to in theaters <laughs> uh, i saw the new mission impossible movie fallout <laughs> if uh if you haven't been to that uh i did see it in theaters fantastic movie tom cruise is excellent. I'm just kidding. This is it's the second time I've seen it. Uh, we reviewed it on the ride home. Uh, if you want to know our thoughts, go out and check it out at Jared Buckendall on the YouTube channel. Jared did join us for that one. I, I, I guess I just wanted to say I went to it again and it still fucking rocks. <laughs> <laughs> the actual piece of news that I wanted to get to, uh, sort of the big headline this past week, is that we've got some Oscars reform. So the Academy has gotten together, they've added a bunch of new members, and they've introduced some changes to the Oscar format going forward. And uh, a couple of them won't take place um, until the 2020 Oscars. So, uh, namely, those are uh, dealing with the format of the show. It sounds like they're going to try to cut the show down to a tight three hours 
Uh, and part of the way they're going to do that is by showing the live audience will see technical awards while the at-home audience is seeing uh, commercials. So they're going to try to cut some stuff out that way uh, and, and kind of alter the schedule. But I think, I think the, the biggest change to uh, the Oscar season is a new award has been announced. And we don't know a lot about this, but it's called Outstanding Achievement in Popular Film. And a lot of people have a lot of opinions about this. I will say, I was just checking it. It does sound like this will take place this next Oscars. So the 2019 Oscars apparently will feature this award, which is kind of strange. Um, but th- that's all we know is that it's an outstanding achievement in popular film. They haven't said anything about any requirements for this. We don't know if it's going to be tied to what the movie grosses or how they measure popularity. You're gross. But a lot of, a lot of opinions have been thrown around about this. Uh, so tell me a little bit about what you're hearing and what you think of this. I mean, I, I haven't really heard a whole lot of it, of what it will be involved. Um, for me, I just I kind of want to know what the criteria is. Criteria? Criteria. <laughs> criteria is. <laughs> uh, I want to know, like, what, you know, how how they're nominated, because it seems like popular is very... Uh, I don't uh, agree upon... There's not. A, there's no agreed upon definition. Like, yeah, like what makes it, what makes it different from just the best picture? You know, mm-hmm. like obviously the movies that are in best picture are popular because people were voted for them to be a best picture nominee. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> what? but not always. I mean, a lot of times no one sees those movies. Yeah, well, like the general audience, the general right. public, but like yeah. all the Academy members probably seen them. Mm-hmm. But uh, so, like, what? What defines popular? The number of people have gone to them, the the box office, the you know the the cinema score. Like what what is that category? Um, I'll, I mean, it's I don't know. It's I think it's just their attempt to get more people in that you know more more people watching that are the younger audience. I know they're really trying to get the the eighteen to eighteen to thirty five audience in or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think there's many other ways to do that than throw in some BS category that really doesn't matter because. Don't the only people are going to pay attention to it this year because it's new, but then after that, it really no one's going to give a crap. You know, it's it's like the best animated feature is like you know it's cool and all, but it's not anything anyone gets excited for. Well, and animated is at least like you have to have that's a technical ability, yeah. to put together an animated film. These are just other movies, but I, I yeah, right, and and I'm I'm just saying that for an example because like that that's a relatively new. I think a relatively new category. It was the last one they've added. Yeah, and like you know, the the, the movies in that are generally not going to be nominated for best best film, you know, but mm-hmm. but it it is just another way, that's another way for to get movies recognized and way more people see animated, you know, the, look at the movies that are nominated in the best animated. Last year like The Boss Baby is in there, Ferdinand was in there. God. Like those movies are all movies that gross way more than the than the best film movies Mm -hmm. but you know no one really cares that much about them because like you just said oh god it's going to be the same way about i think the best best popular film in a few years you know this year people get excited because probably black black panther will get nominated there and probably win that there and then it after that it's like oh cool and then no one or or, oh this is stupid and then no one cares you know that's what i kind of see happening yeah, I, I'm definitely there with you. And you mentioned Black Panther, and 
Black Panther has become sort of the subject of a lot of hate for this new award. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there's a couple reasons for that. One, obviously, there has been a big push this year. Uh, I think we may have mentioned it on the show. A lot of people are clamoring for Black Panther to get a Best Picture nomination, which, I mean, personally, I don't see it as that kind of movie. Um, not for any other reason than I think looking forward to the rest of this year, I see a lot of potential Best Picture nominees mm-hmm. that would push Black Panther out of it. And the other thing, I think a lot of what folks are talking about is twofold. One is that this award is being created because Disney, who owns Marvel and who owns ABC, who shows the Oscars on TV, wants Black Panther to get an Oscar. So there's a, there's a little bit of a, some maybe some conspiracy theory there that Disney is putting the pressure on for this award to be created so that Black Panther could get an award. So that's one thing. And then there's an entirely other issue related to that same thing, and that's that if Black Panther can't get nominated for Black for Best Picture, and then they create a new award in order to get Black Panther an Oscar win, then that does not look good um, for whoever's in charge because that has a lot of shades of we'll create a separate but equal award. Which is, not, <laughs> yeah. which is not a good look at all, especially when, obviously, it's Black Panther. Um, and so with... Now, Black Panther is always going to be tied to this award, just like The Dark Knight, I think, is always going to be tied to the expansion of the Best Picture category to 10 nominees. Um, and I think that for those couple reasons, I, I think that those are the two reasons that I think people are a lot up in arms about. I don't think that it is worth it to get Black Panther an Academy Award win by creating a new category. I don't like that. Mm-hmm. Um, if it can't win in the existing categories, then that's not actually equality. You know, right. like it, if, it, if you're giving it shit it didn't deserve, that's the whole, that's the reason, that's what white supremacists bitch about when they're talking about equality. You know, it's like, you're giving them special treatment now. And that's, nobody wants that, I don't think. Um, I think that there is a place for an award that recognizes popular film and it's the MTV Movie Awards, right? You know, we we you and I talked about this off, you know, off uh, off mic uh, for a little while, and and that's their niche. And if if the Oscars want to bring in people of a younger demographic, then they should maybe find ways to do that. But what they're sacrificing is the whole prestige aspect of the Academy Awards, and a lot of people don't like that. They think it's hoity-toity and elitist and all that, which I think it is. But that's been their aesthetic forever. Mm-hmm. So you don't I don't think they should give that away because now you're going to start seeing like those nominees are going to be Black Panther, Avengers Infinity War, Mission Impossible, um, probably The Incredibles. Like that's a weird ad. it's, it's going to be all superhero movies probably for the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. And that just it takes away from the prestige. You know, you're going to see that win an Oscar in the same year that The Shape of Water, you know, wins an Oscar or the year after. You know, they're just it's two different types of awards and critics or you know people's choice and teen choice and kids choice and mtv <laughs> they are all giving awards to black panther this year let that be their thing is my opinion on this i don't like the new category but i do agree with you that we're gonna have to see the criteria come out will it be box office will it be you know uh critic reviews or, or something like that 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 gets you nominated for this i don't know we'll see but i'm i'm i i don't like it at the outset is my initial reaction but but we will see until the uh the cr- criteria come out mm-hmm so, uh, speaking of the Oscars, we do have actually one movie review this week. Seth went to a film uh, that... Nope. Hmm? I didn't go anywhere. 
Oh, well, Seth saw a film uh, this week that had maybe a little bit of early Oscar buzz, and and we'll hear from you, Seth, whether or not you think that's warranted. Uh, tell the folks what you saw. I saw Ferdinand. Well, that already won an Oscar, or already got nominated, so the, oh. buzz was not, the buzz was warranted for Ferdinand. Crap. John Cena was incredible in that movie. He was. You couldn't even see him. <laughs> that's literally true. Uh, no, I saw the Joaquin Phoenix-led You Were Never Really Here. That's it. Was it good? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the, we're, you were never really here. I'm not going to say that title again because it's way too long. Um, is it, Joaquin Phoenix plays this ex-military, uh, ex-FBI dude. Um, pretty, he looks almost homeless. He got this big grayish, blackish beard. Um, that he is no longer in the military or FBI, but he goes around and he basically saves people like girls uh seems like young girls who have been in uh like kind of human trafficking or kidnap type mm-hmm. situations and he return, returns them to their family and he uses a weapon of choice known as a ball peen hammer i like it <laughs> hammer time i got a nice set of ball peens <laughs> get the fuck out of here god <laughs> Uh, I know it's been, I know you, it's been a few days since you've seen this movie, so I know that you were like really waiting to say that. I wasn't, and I'm even more grossed out by it. <laughs> I was not. That just came out of me. Gross. Sometimes, sometimes I wish some of this this stuff would stay in. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, getting back to the review, he plays uh, dude. He's, he saves these girls. Uh, he's he's also like a very normal looking dude. Like he's kind of almost chubby. Like he takes his shirt off a couple times and he's kind of got a belly, like a he's got like a like a, a strong man belly where it's not like a hanging belly, but you can tell he's kind of got some a little muscle to him. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, lives with this, so he uh, in his normal life he lives with his mom, uh, has a very weird kind of relationship with her. Uh, she's definitely old and is getting to the point where she can't take care of herself. But they they kind of show through some like flashbacks and visions and stuff that. They, they do have a closer connection because she was, like, abused and stuff, and, and he was always kind of around for that and seeing that, and so he's always, he's, it seems like he's protecting her. Joaquin Phoenix then kind of comes upon this, this case that goes awry. Uh, not a case, but this, this situation that goes awry, and all hell kind of breaks loose. That's where kind of the story really gets very deep into it. Now... The way I'm describing this might sound like it's of kind of an action-oriented movie, uh, almost along the lines of like a Taken, where definitely is not. They don't show a lot of the action. It's not like a super brutal movie. Uh, there are a few gory instances in it. Um, even like some of the 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 actiony stuff they show is done in like a more uh, not it's not done in like an up close manner. So when he's using that hammer, he's not. Uh, they don't show him like you know like first person. They show it through like a cam, like a like a security camera almost, which okay. is a really cool scene um, when they when they do show that. But um, they don't they don't ever really show like the just the full on gore and blood of everything. Uh, it's really more of a psychological thriller than it is because a lot of what he's encountering relates to what he's gone through in his life as well, and he's having he's struggling through a lot of. Uh, through a lot of of these these situations to stay clear headed, but also you know save the save these girls and uh, get past certain events that happen through the movie. Again, I'm being pretty vague because I don't want to spoil anything. 
but uh, it's a pretty it's a pretty cool story uh, as a whole. It's the, directed by the same director who, God damn it, I had it and I lost it. It's a, he's only they've only directed one movie. It starred John C. Riley. It was a weird movie. Walk hard. <laughs> no, not a comedy, but it's a it's a psychological thriller type thing too. Walk hard's funny. <laughs> while we're while we're thinking about it. <laughs> Good observation. <laughs> um, it's this one you'd seen if you scroll by Netflix. We need to talk about Kevin. Oh yeah, that's um. Did uh, you see that? No, I haven't seen it, but I've heard it's <clears throat> I've heard it's really good. It does have um, Ezra Miller. Yep, and Tilda Swinton. Yeah, uh, apparently a good one. Yeah, I've I've heard great things. Um, so it's directed by that same. It has that apparently has that same tone from what I've heard. Uh, just kind of very psychological uh, type thing. Uh, definitely has a like a a think think feel to it. You got to think through some of the stuff, and and because it doesn't it doesn't give you the outright. Like here's how he's feeling, and mm-hmm. and here's how you should interpret the ending. Has kind of a weird, a weird uh, ambiguity. Yeah, in a way. But as as a whole, I did enjoy the movie. It, it, I, it's one of those that I did have to kind of watch a few videos after and read a little bit after to to make sure I fully understood it. And then once I did, it made more sense and I enjoyed it more. Um, in terms of performances, Joaquin Phoenix is really the only like actor you would know in this movie. But he does do a really good job in it uh, because he does have to play this guy who he, he is almost two people. You know, he, he is a person who, um, like with his mom, he's very, it seems like he's happy and, and go lucky, not not go lucky, but happy and, and a normal dude. But then and when he's doing us all this other all this other stuff, he's very just twisted in the head and stuff uh, because he's seen a lot of a lot of messed up crap. He uh, so he, he does turn in a really good performance with that. Uh, a lot, of, a lot of emotion is dis- displayed through his face through this too. There, there, there's times where there's not much dialogue, so uh, that that's that's pretty pretty impressive. Uh, I've I did hear earlier in the year that he was that was kind of one of the early front runners for best actor. I don't know from what I've seen if I I wouldn't say a front runner. I, I could see him getting maybe nominated for it, but probably not a front runner at this point. It just it one it's too early and two it just wasn't it, when I think of some of like the best actor performances I I don't get that same kind of feeling that I got with like um, Gary Oldman last year sure or you know like uh, Timothy Chalamet or some of those people who who I really thought delivered amazing performances thought this was really good but not a lot on the long same level so I don't really see him getting a win for this. Sure. So, but as a whole, again, I enjoyed the movie. Definitely not a movie for everyone though. It's just, it's pretty, it's pretty dark at times. And again, it's, it's very much like a, you have to pay very close attention or you might need to read up on it after. So uh, I would say if you're a fan of walking Phoenix, a fan of these more indie independent think piece movies, um, definitely check it out. If not, you might be able to skip it. If, if you, uh, are not like the big, you know, Oscar people kind of like we are. So sure. Uh, where can you watch it? VOD? Yeah, it's on. It's on demand right now. Well, there you go. Get out and see. You were never really here. Walking Phoenix turns in a good uh, performance. It sounds like maybe not something that's quite up my alley, but uh, I'll take Seth's word for it that it's a good one. Uh, maybe folks at home can take a look and let us know what you think. Maybe on Twitter at underscore Cody Michael at Seth Owat or at Soko Show Pod. Uh, let's us know what you think of Joaquin Phoenix. Should he be best actor or 
Uh, is this movie any good? I don't know. Do you? While you're out there on Twitter, make sure you bounce around to the different places where you can subscribe to this podcast, uh, whether that be Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, uh, what's the other one? SoundCloud. Uh, and of course, you can get the show every week on at Jared Buckendall if you want to check it out on YouTube. Also, don't forget uh, audibletrial.com slash SoCo, 30 days and your first book for free. Great. And if you want to pay for some cool artwork, uh, check out the Etsy store, uh, Mathis Designs, link down below. Cheddar! Got to pay with that cheddar. Um, we did have a winner for Jared's uh, Jared's um, penis raffle prize, <laughs> uh, who took home $25 for Fandango and also, um, I believe, a copy of, a digital copy of Rampage. Uh, was also out there. So make sure you're staying. So basically in... they won $25. <laughs> well, it's still exciting to get a free, anytime you can get a free movie. And uh, you, you can see any future giveaways and all the, the fun stuff that's going on um, on the YouTube channel. At Jared Buckendall. Same place where you'll find The Ride Home. Most recently, uh, we posted for Sorry to Bother You. Uh, we also had a couple others go up in the last week or so. Uh, the next one will be Black Klansman, which uh, I thought was a fantastic movie. So keep an eye out for the ride home from that coming soon on the YouTube channel. But that's going to do it for episode 57 of the show this week. Any and all of the things we talked about this week, of course, in the description down below in case you want to go back and check any of that out. But for now, that's going to do it. This has been the co-host, Cody Michael, alongside the so-host, Seth Ott. Boo. And we will see you next week. Bye.